This is Morning Breath, your drive-time devotion sure to jumpstart your day. Brought to you by East Coast Christian Center. Morning Breath starts now. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the program. This is Mark Cook with you on Morning Breath. We're so glad you joined us for this Drive Time Devotion. It is sure to jumpstart your day. We're going to get into the Word of God, and the Word of God is always active and alive, and it'll jumpstart anything that you attach it to. So we're so glad you've joined us. Uh, we are in the Word. Uh, this this uh, program today is going to be 2 Corinthians chapter 11, and uh, it is something that we're going to do together. We always do Morning Breath together because it's good to do the Word of God uh, with somebody, and that's why it's so good for you guys to join us. Uh, you guys, we read the chapter, you guys read the chapter, we talk about what God breathes on, and we read it the night before, then we read it the morning of, we come down in the studio, we don't have a really a plan, we don't sketch out a, a sermon or anything like that, we just sit down together and say, we're going to talk about what the Lord is showing us, and there's a real, real good likelihood that it's something that you need to hear, uh, because that's what he's going to show us, and I'm going to do that today uh, with my favorite co-host and uh, someone who has been described as, and I quote, that beauty queen wife of yours, oh, brother. Angela Cook. <laughs> Who said that? <laughs> I'm not going to say. Okay. <laughs> well, I do sketch out a sermon just to correct you. <laughs> I have a whole sermon sketched out. In, in all in different colors? Uh, yes, I do have colors, but yeah, I don't have a sermon sketched out. How many colors do you have in your highlights? One, two, so three, just four, five, the seven. The rainbow. Seven. You've got the rainbow in your Bible. I have the rain- rainbow of fruit flavors in my Bible. <laughs> you know, we want you to join us as you're as you're listening and, and reading along with us. You can know ahead of time where we are if you have our morning breath guide, and you can get that by going to our website or going to our app and uh, get to the morning breath button and download uh, or just look at the morning breath guide. It'll tell you what chapters we've been in tell you what chapters we're going to be in next. Um, and you can always call the office and get that if you can't get it online for some reason, if you've got some technical issues or or you're just not quite into the 21st century yet, you can call the office, 452-1060. We can mail or email you a morning breath guide, and that way you'll know where we've been. <laughs> While you're on our website, you can you know, you know can listen to podcasts of the show. Uh, we, we keep them on there for almost a year, I think. And so you can go way back and, and listen to a lot of great stuff. I remember there's been seasons in my life where I've gone back and just listened to, to morning breath recordings from you know going way back, months back, and it's, it's made a big impact on me. So take advantage of those opportunities. And on our website, man, you can see everything that's going on with East Coast Christian Center. You can follow us on Facebook. You can uh, see us on YouTube. We're on Instagram. If it's up, if it's out there, we're on it and uh, telling you what's going on uh, in our church and in the kingdom of God. So it's a great thing to be a part of. What about uh, we still can take signups for camp, camp, yes, youth camp, youth camp. Today's the first of July, by it the way. It is July first. Yeah, it's the beginning of the rest of the summer. <laughs> it's a new month. Today is the first day of the rest of your life. Uh, so yeah, it is. Isn't and uh, so so youth youth camp is I think the 13th starts the 13th yes, that week the 13th and so you can eccc.us/events. You can still get on there and sign up if you are uh, rising into the seventh grade or if you just graduated uh, high school. You are invited uh, to youth camp. It's going to be an amazing time of worship and growth and, and changes kids' lives. And we'll have some kids there. We do have kids yeah. there, yeah. They're yeah. excited. It's going to be good stuff. Second Corinthians chapter 11. There's 33 verses. All right. You break it up around verse—I got to break it after verse 15. we have that good break at 15, so we'll just go from there. So you want to read the first 15. I'll read 16 through the end. What uh, version I'm in the Holman Christian Standard Bible. Nice. It's a nice study Bible. I think you read that last time, too. I did. Okay, and I'm in the New King James, so it'll sound a little different, and we'll get some a good feel for for a couple of different ways to to read this chapter. So uh, then I will get you started. I will say unto you, read, ma'am. I wish you would put up with— 
a little foolishness from me. Yes, do put up with me, for I am jealous over you with a godly jealousy, because I have promised you in marriage to one husband to present a pure virgin to Christ. But I fear that, as the serpent deceived Eve by his cunning, your minds may be seduced from a complete and pure devotion to Christ. For if a person comes and preaches another Jesus whom we did not preach, or you receive a different spirit, which you had not received, or a different gospel, which you had not accepted, you put up with it splendidly. Now I consider myself in no way inferior to the super apostles. Though untrained in public speaking, I am certainly not untrained in knowledge. Indeed, we have always made that clear to you in everything. Or did I commit a sin by humbling myself so that you might be exalted because I preached the gospel of God to you free of charge? I robbed other churches by taking pay from them to minister to you. When I was present with you and in need, I did not burden anyone, for the brothers who came from Macedonia supplied my needs. I have kept myself and will keep myself from burdening you in any way. As the truth of Christ is in me, this boasting of mine will not be stopped in the regions of Achaia. Why? Because I don't love you? God knows I do. But I will continue to do what I am doing in order to deny the opportunity of those who want an opportunity to be regarded just as our equals in what they boast about. For such people are false prophets, I'm sorry, false apostles, deceitful workers, disguising themselves as apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. So it is no great thing if his servants also disguise himself, themselves as servants of righteousness. Their destiny will be according to their works. Verse 16, I say again, let no one think me a fool. If otherwise, at least receive me as a fool, that I may also boast a little. What I speak, I speak not according to the Lord, but as it were foolishly in this confidence of boasting. Seeing that many boast according to the flesh, I also will boast. For you put up with fools gladly, since you yourselves are wise. For you put up with it if one brings you into bondage, if one devours you, if one takes from you, if one exalts himself, if one strikes you on the face. To our shame, I say that we were too weak for that. But in whatever anyone is bold, I speak foolishly. I am bold also. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they the seed of Abraham? So am I. Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more. In labors more abundant, in stripes above measure, in prisons more frequently, in deaths often. From the Jews, five times I received 40 stripes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I have been in the deep. In journeys often, in perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, in perils of the Gentiles, in perils of, in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and toil, in sleeplessness often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness, besides the other things, what comes upon me daily, my deep concern for all the churches. Who is weak and I am not weak? Who is made to stumble and I do not burn with indignation? If I must boast, I will boast in the things which concern my infirmity. The God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who, blessed, who is blessed forever, knows that I am not lying. In Damascus, the governor, under Aretas the king, was guarding the city of the Damascenes with a garrison, desiring to arrest me. But I was let down in a basket through a window in the wall and escaped from his hands. Amen. Amen. So, Paul's going through uh, quite a list of things. There's Clearly, at some point, there's been people coming into the church, uh, in the churches in Corinth, and really boasting about themselves and, and kind of laying out their pedigree and talking about how great they are and kind of running Paul down, it seems to be. Uh, so Paul feels the need, um, even though he hates doing it, because he says several times, I, 
you know, it sounds like I'm boasting here and I feel so stupid is basically what he's saying. This is a stupid thing for me to have to, for me to have to do. Yeah, but he's not saying, oh, I feel so stupid. No, he's saying, I I, I hate, I don't want to talk about myself. That's his point. This is not what I should have to be doing, but here's what I'm going to do. Well, in context, if you go back to um, chapter 10, he says, look at what is obvious. For if I boast some more about our authority, which the Lord gave for building you up and not for tearing you down, I am not ashamed. So he... You have to look at the context around this chapter even. He's still – he's pushing that idea forward like I'm not boasting about myself. Right. I'm and, not boasting about myself. But, hey, I'll lay it out there if you really need me to. Right, because these, yeah. that's what these other guys are doing. These yeah. other guys are coming in and that's why he had to say they're, saying they're saying that they're Hebrews. They're saying that they're the seed of Abraham, that they are all this. And he's like, okay, so if they got all that, I got all that too. You know. Yeah. So if you're, if you're, gonna, if you're not going to listen to me because they're saying they have all these things, well, you know what? I can, if you want to measure – our pedigrees, I can throw my pedigree down there is what he's saying. Yeah. He goes, but that's not what I – because his his boasting is in Christ. Yeah. And he doesn't – Paul didn't – Paul did not make it uh, his ministry to go around leading with his credentials and then saying, because of this, you should listen to me. Paul just went and he said, you know, I, I aim to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Yeah. That was really his ministry. Yeah. Well, in the very last verse um, – 17 and 18 of 10. So the one who boasts must boast in the Lord, for it is not the one commending himself who is approved, but the one the Lord commends. I wish you, and then it goes right into 11. I wish you'd put up with me for a little while. So he's coming up, he's coming at this point in the letter to the Corinthians, he's coming to this place where he's like, okay, you have been putting up with this. Not, oh, I wish you'd put up with me. Yeah. No, I wish you'd put up with me. For, he's almost being ironic. Like, yeah, sarcastic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't like to use the word sarcastic because, like, I don't feel like he's – because he already laid out that he is there to build them up, not tear them down. Yeah. And so he's not trying to tear them down in this. He's trying to say, well, you just put up with me. Like you, you've been putting up with all this nonsense. So these people have come in and they're doing just what they are doing all over the regions. They are trying to undermine the gospel of Jesus and him crucified and grace. Yeah, They're trying to undermine that. And so he's saying, you're putting up with this baloney. I'm telling you that grace is a free gift and you're willing to let these people come in. You're putting up with this garbage and you're you're letting them tell you that there's more to it that you need to add something to what yeah. Christ has already done. And so he says that um oh he talks about it at some point I can't remember where it is in this chapter but anyway he 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 tells them that like you've been putting up with the first part yeah the first part of the chapter kind of around verses 2 through about 4. Yeah. Yeah, he talks about it really throughout the whole chapter but definitely that you're putting up with this you can put up with me. Yeah. Just a little while. <laughs> well, it's almost it kind of, it sounds like, to me, I get the picture where people have come to the Corinthians and they've said, well, you should listen to us because here's our, and almost like they're saying to Paul, well, we're listening to them because look, they have all these degrees and everything. Right. And Paul's like, all right, fine. If, if that's what you need to be able to listen to me, fine. Here, here's my resume. See? Yeah. All right. Now let's move on to something that's really important because this was not important. Right. Um, and it's kind of frustrating to him. But you know what? Talking about what you were just saying, it really reminds me, um, the, especially verse 4, it reminds me so much of how he uh, started his letter to the Galatian churches. Um, and yeah. It says, for if he who preaches another Jesus whom we have not preached, or if you receive a different spirit which you have not received, or a different gospel which you have not accepted, you may well put up with it. And that's one of the things he had to – he was really chastising the Galatian churches. Yeah, oh, because, foolish Galatians. Yeah, because why? they who were – Who has fooled are, you? <laughs> why Just are you putting in. up with this? Yeah. Um, why are you listening? To, and like you just said, 
um, because you you said the 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 Jesus plus nothing. Yeah. Jesus plus nothing, and one of the things that really stuck out to me in this chapter uh, did I just say did stuck? It stuck out. <laughs> stuck, it stuck out to out. me. Uh, stuck instead. It says instead. your minds may be corrupted from the and in my and I I noticed what it said in yours in verse. Uh, I think it's verse 3. Okay. Yours worded it a little different. Read verse 3. But I fear that as the serpent deceived Eve by his cunning, your minds may be seduced from a complete and pure devotion to Christ. Oh, yeah. So mine says your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. Mm. And I love that pure word. Pure simplicity. Yeah. yeah. And, but, and I think that, that there's a key to that. Simplicity. The simplicity yeah. of Christ. And that's what confounds mm. so many people, because especially if people who are coming out of a religious background or who are being spoken to by religious people, religion's never simple. Religion, right. there's always something else you have to do. There's always something that you got wrong. There's always another thing that, that makes it complicated. But the thing that makes Christianity almost difficult for the world to be able to absorb is the simplicity of it, because we think, wait a minute, can, how can it be that simple? How can it yeah. simply be that you just put faith in Jesus? But God has intended it to be that way because he wants us to be able to rest in that and, and to stop working. Religion always demands that we continue to work. Everything about our life demands that we perform for our reward. And Christianity says it's simple. It's just Jesus. Put faith in him. And so our minds are get corrupted when we go away from that simplicity and when we try to add anything to it. Yeah, um, in the it talks about that. The for such people are false apostles, deceitful workers, disguising themselves as apostles of Christ. Their destiny will be according to their works, mm -hmm. and like you said, the simplicity. Simplicity is just relaxing. Is just sitting back. Put up with that. Yeah. Like he, that's what he's saying. He said, "You'll put up with these people telling you you have to add something. It's all about your works. Works have to be done on a daily basis." And God says, "His mercies are new every morning. Not your work list is new every morning. Your work list is not new every morning. His mercies are new every morning, and that's what you can rest in." So why would we not want to put up with that? Versus, you know, and you have to put. You kind of do have to put up with changing your mind. In Ephesians one eighteen, it says that he. He was praying, Paul was praying that your minds would be enlightened so that you'd have his perception. It can be tough to change your perception to decide you're going to, what did we say perception was um, when you interpret, to have to change your interpretation of how you see things. Mm. And so we have to change our perception of how we see religion because in and of itself, like James talks about, like, what is pure religion? Yeah. Pure religion is going out and feeding the, the orphans. It's having a love, a simple love for things and for people. It's not having to do this program, having to do this thing, check the check off the list that yeah. you have. That's a, You don't have to have a checklist. You just have to have a, a, a your, your mind enlightened, his perception. And what is God's perception? Love. He wants you to love people. He wants us. That's the only work. Faith without works is dead. But what are those works? Those works are tied into his simplicity of just loving people. And um, yeah, yeah. And so I hear you. And so their destiny will be according to their works. Yeah. And that, is that what you want your destiny yeah, to be? Yeah. Why do you want to put up with that? Yeah. Why Let's, do you want your? Why do you want to tie your destiny into how well you're going to perform? Right. If you're tying your destiny into how well you're going to perform, you're always going to come up short. And then pretty soon you're chasing uh, uh, an uncapturable prize. Yeah. You know, the, the race that we're called to run is actually it says in Hebrews that we're called uh, Hebrews chapter four. It says, be diligent to do what? To enter rest. Yeah. 
right? The diligence that we need to show is the diligence of entering the rest of God, the, the rest that he entered into after when he completed creation, he rested. And we're called to enter into that rest. That's the simplicity that is in Christ. It's simple. Jesus died for your sins. Receive that by faith. The grace of God then comes in and overwhelms all sin and everything in your life and, and replaces your need to work with just a desire to love people, like you were just saying. And that's that, that's the difference because, yes, you see people doing a lot of things. <clears throat> You'll see people who, who love Jesus, quote-unquote, working hard. Mm-hmm. But what are they doing? Are they doing it because they feel like they have to do this thing to be accepted by God? Or are they doing it just because the love of God is stirred up in them and they don't want to sit on their couch. They want to go out and do things that love people. Right, right, right. Total different yeah, perspective absolutely. of doing the same thing. Yes. What were we talking about? Sacrifice. What will you sacrifice in order to get rid of your guilt? Yeah. It's kind of, I mean, really, that's what works-based mentality is all about. You want to work to get rid of or to rid yourself of something. You know, if I'm going to go and feed the orphans. I'm going to go on a mission trip. I'm going to do something <clears throat> in order to... Um, help satisfy that weird thing in me that feels like I'm, oh, I should be doing something. I feel guilty if I don't. Yeah. Like it's the difference between doing that and saying, no, I just want to go and love on people. And so what's the opportunity I get this week? What's my opportunity to love on people this week? Yeah. Like whatever that might look like. And it's um, so simple. It is. It is. I like um how in verse two, he says, for I am jealous over you with a godly jealousy because I have promised you in marriage to one husband to present a pure virgin to Christ. And I loved that it immediately took me to Romans 7 where Paul uses marriage again. I I find it funny he uses marriage a lot, but he's talking in Romans 7 about, you know, the idea is you have been released from the law. Yeah. And that's the same thing. He's he's reiterating that here to them. You, it's a it's a marriage situation. You're not married to the law anymore. I'm I'm I feel bad and I'm jealous. I'm frustrated because I offered you up as a pure you know, pure virgin to her husband, and now you're trying to take on another husband. That's basically, I'm jealous. Like, why are you doing that to me? That same rage that would be felt when you are in a marriage covenant and your spouse is wanting to be with someone else. That's the the brevity of that, those emotions. If you've ever, if you're married and you know those feelings, or if you've even, maybe you're in a dating relationship and you know those little twinges of jealousy that come in when someone, you know, and the pure type of jealousy, not the weirdo, like, oh my gosh, you know, that kind of jealousy. But his jealousy for the fact that he, that we're released from the law, that's really what that jealousy is. He's frustrated. And I love that he uses that illustration again, because if you've been married and or if you know marriage, that is so beautiful. And so anyway. Um, well, I'd love to stay on that just for a second. Okay. Because there is a godly jealousy. And it's important that Paul is bringing this out because what, what frustrates God? See, God gave mm. us his son. That's good. Right? So God gave us his son. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Why? That whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Not that anybody who does enough works would have everlasting life. Right. So what would make God jealous that mm-hmm. we would say that his son is not enough and that we would go back to this old dead husband called the law? Mm. That's good. Wouldn't that make God that, – yeah. that's what would frustrate God. Yeah. And so we have this we have this warped perspective that God is going to be pleased because we did a bunch of stuff, but it's actually going to provoke jealousy because he wants us to be – married to his husband. We're, we're the bride of Christ. Right. 
That's right. the bride that we're of. We're not the bride of the law. Right. We're the bride of Christ. And I, I love that picture of godly jealousy because God does get jealous. Well, isn't jealousy a sin? No. God, there is godly jealousy. Right. There is godly jealousy when we go away from what God has, from really the, being the bride that he's called us to be, and we go to another husband. Well, and I just, that picture, like I know it's maybe even sounds a little morbid, but go to the extent of like that love that he has for us that, like you said, wanting to go back to something else, it's almost like how morbid would it be if your spouse passed and you get remarried, you're, you've been released from that thing, from that marriage because your spouse passed and you go out and try to dig up the grave. Right. What the heck? Like that is not normal. Like there's yeah. something wrong with that. And we need to really see that intensity. Yes. When Jesus, when God, when when Paul, when, when we are being taught about the law versus grace and what Jesus did for us, we have got to, we can't go out and start digging back up the law, yeah. digging back up that old spouse. That's just gross. Like who would do that? Yeah. Like we've got to have that kind of fervency and, and, and almost like... I don't know, righteous frustration. For grace. <laughs> yes. Yes. We can't we can't do that to ourselves. We can't do that to other people. Don't go dragging someone out by the arm to a, a graveside and make them start digging something back up that wasn't isn't supposed to be. It's been Amen. put to death. Yes. It's gone. It's over. It's not here anymore. And I mean that's a and it's tough. I mean, it very Well, just to take that same picture that yeah. you're painting to say that we're going back to a day a grave to dig something up. When the grave that we go to is already empty. Yeah. Yo. <laughs> Bam. Whoa. Yes. That was so good. So good. That was so good. <laughs> yeah, that's really good. I love that. Wow. Should we just stop now? <laughs> well, Actually, we have a couple of minutes off. Yeah. Um, I found some a couple more things, and it kind of goes in. I like the very end of the chapter. He's like, not to mention other things. So he goes through this huge litany of all the things. Okay, fine. You Here, I'll let you put up with me. Here are all my credentials. Here's what I've done. And, I mean, he gives us a pretty good list of things that have happened to him. Anyone who'd go through the things he went through obviously has to have something going on on the inside to be that passionate. And he says that at the beginning of the chapter, his it's his passion for Christ that drives him to do these things. But then I love what he says next in verse 28. He says, not to mention other things, there is the daily pressure on me, my care for all the churches. Mm. Like, here's my big list. But honestly, you guys, do you know what I really, really care about? Let's go back to what I told you before. I'm jealous. I want you to understand this grace revelation. I want you to understand it and stick to it and put up with it. Like quit casting it aside. My care for the churches. Like I love that he said that um, and that he brought attention to the fact that that's his chief concern Yeah, to care for the churches. That's why he's going like a, a, a bull in a China shop, is it, into these letters and saying, all right, fine, I'm going to throw all caution to the wind and I'm going to give it to you. Here's the truth. Like, I just love that he did that. Well, yeah, and it, and it shows that the stress that he really felt. He, he goes through all the things that were that were stressful in his body, which are also going to cause, you know, stress in your mind. But he's saying, look, Paul had gotten to a place where he understood that what happened to the body wasn't that important. Yeah. But the thing that he really, that really, that, you know, if it was something was going to turn his hair gray, it was his concern for the churches. You know, his, his, and like you said, his concern for the message of grace that the church would receive the simplicity and then hold on to. Yeah. Because he had done a great job of helping them to receive the simplicity 
that is in Christ Jesus. But then the battle, and I think the battle that we all fight on a regular basis, is to stay in that simplicity, to maintain it, to keep our focus on Christ alone and nothing else, not on works, not on anything else, not going back to that old grave that's got stones in it, but going back to the grave that where the stone is rolled away. We'll be right back after this break. You are listening to Morning Breath from East Coast Christian Center, Merritt Island, Vieira, and Coco. Need a fence professionally done the first time? Hercules and Atlas Fence, owned and operated by Mike Green, has been certified since 1960. No job is too small or too big. Hercules and Atlas Fence, 321-258-9853. Or visit us online at ineedafencenow.com. Take this year with God at East Coast Christian University to truly understand why and how to continue your destiny and walk with Christ. Earn your associate's, bachelor's, and master's degree. Our instructors are experienced, helpful, and show a genuine love for studying the Word of God. East Coast Christian University is located at 670 North Courtney Parkway, Merritt Island. For more information, our number is 452-1060, extension 131, and our website is eccuequipped.com. Langston Commercial Real Estate, owned by Scott Langston, a senior commercial broker, has been selling real estate and giving free consultations for over 18 years. Scott Langston will show you the best way to buy, invest, or lease commercial property. 321-403-1111. That's 321-403-1111. Hey everyone, this is Chris Johnson, and I wanted to share some exciting news with our Morning Breath family. My friend, Mike Green, and I had the honor of writing and producing our first EP called Moments Matter. Mike, a local business owner and Morning Breath supporter, along with myself, have been a part of East Coast Christian Center and Morning Breath together for almost two decades. And so we wanted to let you in on a preview of the music and to let you know that Moments Matter, our first single from the EP, is out now. You can buy, stream, or share it now on Spotify, iTunes, or anywhere music is sold, or check out willingheartmusic.com. We pray these songs will inspire you to make the most of every moment God gives you. East Coast Vieira meets every week at Vieira High School at 9.15 and 10.45 with a high energy and dynamic children's ministry for all ages. East Coast Vieira Youth meets every Sunday night at 6 p.m. For more information or to learn more, our website is vieira.eccc.us. Welcome back to the show. This is Morning Bread. Hey, welcome back to the show, guys. You know, I was just looking at this and, and the thought, you know, uh, when Paul is talking here, starting in verse uh, 22 and, and through the end of the chapter, and he just talks about all the things that he has been through um, and all the, the torment that he's received physically and the, and the things that he has to carry with him, uh, you know, in, in his mind and in his soul and just the, the cr- incredible trial that was his life. Once he became, you know, he gave up, Paul gave up a, a very good life, a very comfortable life in Judaism as a leader, as a very successful up-and-comer in Judaism. He, he had plenty of money. 
he had, you know, position, prestige, and it would have just continued to grow mm-hmm. if he'd have just stayed there. Um, but he walked away from all of that because he was so convinced of the message of grace. Wow. And and as we look at, you know, we just think about, you know, what's— the, What's the, the the value? What's the what's the thing that kind of establishes the truth of this? And in my mind, something that's very important, and I think for a lot of people, is when you look at what these men and and women, what these people gave up to follow Jesus. Mm. You know, th- this isn't a, a concocted story, uh, a myth, or a legend. This is the truth, and these people validate it with what they were willing to give up. You don't live this life by choice. For something that you don't truly believe. Amen. You would never do that. Man, there's so much that we can rest our hope on uh, when we see the sacrifice that these guys made for the glory that is to be revealed in them and in you. Go with God this week. Amen. Thank you for listening to Morning Breath from East Coast Christian Center. We hope to see you at one of our locations this weekend. For additional information, such as service times, events, and more, please visit us at eccc.us. Thanks, and we hope you have a blessed day.